Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Word from the Realm podcast, an in-depth look at the world of Sarah J. Mass. Join us as we fall through the Word Gate together to discover the true magic of these amazing realms. We are your hosts, Sarah, aka Rosebud. And I'm Avery, Freckles and Fiction. Today, we are going to be talking about the Assassin's Blade, which is the prequel series to the Throne of Glass series. So excited. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's basically a prequel series. It's it's a a collection of novellas. So it feels like a series. Might Um, as well be. It really should. (laughs) Considering these notes are longer than the (laughs) book. Yeah, how is that possible? I don't know. Um, know. So the one thing I want to say before we get totally into this episode this is going to be a majority series spoiler episode meaning we are going to discuss throne of glass series spoilers we put a poll in the discord and just asked and it was overwhelmingly they wanted it to be a series spoiler like a hundred votes over five votes yeah it's a little insane (laughs) yeah so for anyone who's like oh my gosh i'm not caught up don't worry we're gonna keep this beginning section still spoiler free and then we will let you know when we start talking spoilers so you can peace out and then listen to the latter half but the chapter breakdown is going to be series spoilers but before we get into that avery and are going to do a quick non-spoiler just remind yourself while you're reading the series type of a thing yeah um the other thing is and since this is assassin's blade we might as well get into the fact that there is a huge conversation slash argument about where to read Assassin's Blade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah J. Mass recommends reading it first. Yes. It yes. is it is what you see and when you get the box set, it's first in the box set. A this lot of people wrong. love it. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> love reading it first. I just I wanna I wanna defend the reading it first because hi, a big Sarah J. Mass fan would love to interview you. So I just want to defend it really quick. The biggest thing I would say is reading it first is great for fantasy readers. Like if you are someone who reads like Game of Thrones, Brandon Sanderson, like read Assassin's Blade first. Yeah, I would agree. Where we have it located in this order, Sarah will talk a little bit more about that. But where we have it is publication order, I think is what you said. Yes. And it just the way, because I read it this way first, knowing what's going to happen partially yeah in this book and getting little teasers of characters in the first two books it just makes reading this more like impactful yeah in my opinion yeah so Uh, because I feel like if I had read this first I would not care right and I I'm in the same boat so before like I don't want to say I don't know if this was actually a thing or not before like book talk, but I will say before book talk, there was two main reading orders. There was the romantic and the purist. The romantic reading order has you read Assassin's Blade after Era Fire. And well, I can explain that. I actually get it. Please, please. Yeah. And then the purist method has you reading it first. We read it in publication order, which I know someone is going to or is already typing. Well, technically publication order is Assassin's Blade was first. And (laughs) you are wrong and right because sitting right next to me is the Throne of Glass advanced reader copy. So this was given out to readers before Throne of Glass even hit the shelves. And in the front of this book, it says... Look for these ebook only Throne of Glass novellas and learn why Selena Sardothian landed in the salt mines in the first place. And there's only three stories, the pirate lord, the desert and the underworld. So the entire Assassin's Blade story with all five novellas was not published until Crown of Midnight was out. 
And those ebooks don't even include the healer or the mm-hmm. empire. And, and the, the empire, yes, you know, has you have to be through Assassin's Blade at this point for me to yeah. say these things. One, two, three. Okay. The empire is where Sam dies. Yeah. Yeah. Sam dies in the empire. And then Irene is, is the healer. Like, come on. Yes. So it's just a quick little, <laughs> I'm pushing up my glasses like a nerd right now, like <laughs> to really give, is. to give the visual of like <laughs> nerdiness, but to explain the romantic order. So the thought process behind that one is that really the the main stories and i'm keeping this spoiler free but the main stories of assassin's blade really don't take effect until queen of shadows so the thought process there is the romantic order packs more of an emotional punch because you read about sam's death and you read about her leaving rifthold as she's returning to rifthold so that is the thought behind it like i and i get that and i I, right but like (laughs) Why, why would you read Rowan and then go backwards? So like, that's, no. that's my thing is like, <laughs> I couldn't, that's my it's thing. Rowan. <laughs> it's Rowan. <laughs> it's well, and my thing too, is like, it's not necessarily Rowan. It's more like, why would you not want to wrap up one love interest to right. get to the next? Like, why would I want to go back and read about Feyre with, who was that human that she was dating for a hot minute? Uh... <laughs> oh, I don't remember. What's his name? What's his I name? I don't remember. Hey, oh, my God. But, like, I remember Nesta's guy. His name is Thomas Bandry. I literally just don't remember this guy's name. I know. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad right this, now. If this was a pop quiz, Avery would, like, literally, like, chuck the table. <laughs> I would be so mad. No, I'm pulling it up. Stop. I'm going to look it up on the wiki. It'll say Isaac. Say? His name's Isaac. Isaac. Hale. It's Isaac Hale. Isaac Hale. I will never forget it. I will Isaac, it Isaac Hale. Now. It's going to make me so angry for so long. So, but anyways, my point is. Right. Sorry. Why would you, why would you read a, like, why would you meet Reese and then go all the way back and read about Isaac Hale? Like you right. wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. I like, mean, but but to be fair, to be a little bit fair. Okay. Sam is way more significant oh, than Isaac Hale. 1,000%. <laughs> Sam is like, this is the other thing. This is what's really interesting about people who read Assassin's Blade at a certain age. So, like, if you read Assassin's Blade in your late teens, early 20s, you will fall in love with Sam. As a middle to almost 30-year-old woman. Let's not talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, because you and I are the same age. Like, Sam reminds me of my high school love. Yeah, I can see that. Like, Sam is my... Unfortunately, Kale reminds me of mine. <laughs> oh, see, well, <laughs> I didn't, I, sh- I say high school love, really my high school crushes. Like Sam reminds me of that feeling with my high school crushes of like, you know, life was limitless. There were so many possibilities. And then yeah. you get older and you're like, hmm, are you going to help me pay for the mortgage? <laughs> you <know>, right? <laughs> like, excuse me, sir. We're not doing the pit fighting thing. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, no, for for real though. Like, sure. yeah. Whereas, like Rowan, <laughs> he's Rowan. just he's just a little more. Even Kale, who is oh, that? Rowan, it's my love. Like I those know. men are 
I mean, I'll even put Kale in the running into this conversation. You're so, you're so excited for us to get to Air Fire. Y'all, she can't even. Oh, I'm it. excited to get to Air Fire, not just for Rowan. Like, I genuinely miss Manon. Oh, I'm so excited. Like, I'm just excited to talk I've about got the Manon thing. nails right now. We're living our I, best life. I, yeah, right. Why do we get on the tangent? Oh, right. The, rom- the romantic reading order. Oh, yes. So- <laughs> right. Okay. We've got like five more minutes to talk it's about this, maybe. <laughs> it's fine. I'm going to hurry up. I'm going to hurry up. So, what basically what I'm trying to say is that is why people read it in that order because it packs a really good punch which I understand because then when you return to Rifthold and Queen of Shadows like you're thinking back to the last time Selena was with Aerobin and now you're thinking of her in a different mindset <laughs> returning yeah. to Aerobin so yeah it, it does make that storyline really intriguing okay yeah that I can see that yes. I can see but you and I are driven but by Rowan. yes <laughs> But Rowan. But Rowan. Yeah. So anyways. Okay. Okay. We're going to do a very, very quick. Remember what we're about to say. No spoilers for the five stories. Run through. We're going to try to do this in like 20 minutes. Both of us are looking at each other like you have 20 minutes because we can talk for four hours about this. Oh, easily. Easily. So the assassin and the pirate lord. Most important. We love dearly. Okay. This is my favorite. Just hi. This is my favorite story because the payoff of this story is even post HOSAB favorite thing Sarah J. Mass has ever written. Oh, wow. That's that's intense. I'm not kidding you when I say that moment in Empire of Storms is my favorite moment. I mean, it's a good moment. I mean, mine is mine is. You know which one mine is my favorite is and and my payoffs in Kingdom of Ash. So yes, and that's that's, fair. that's so a good. that's a close second. But I think it's because and this is why I knew Sarah would go there. She let she just she just has fun with that scene. Yeah. And so, anyways, okay. So these are the things I want you to remember if you are spoiler free. So this story is about Captain Rolf. The important thing to note, too, really quickly, is the story starts with them at the Assassin's Keep. Selena is 16 years old. She is woken up in the middle of the night. She's wearing a very adorable nightgown because homegirl always knows how to look good. We love a silk nighty here. We love a silk nighty. And (laughs) later on, even I think it's in the desert, she talks about like her like delicate like underwear. Selena, where the hell are you? Like, like why? Yeah. So anyways, so she's in a little silk nighty. They are all like all the assassins are brought into this room. And the reason is because Ben, who is essentially like Arabin's second in command, has been murdered. Mm-hmm. And they are just kind of meeting to kind of discuss this like big death. Selena's really upset because no one's willing to go get the body of Ben because Ben was almost like a mentor to her. And so the chapter ends with her being like, fine, I'll go do it myself. Sam and Selena are on rocky terms. Okay. Two and like about two months later, that's what chapter two states. It gives you like a chap two months and three days. So two months and three days later, they are on Skulls Bay. And Selena has a mask over her face. She kind of covers her appearance so that they don't know how young she is, essentially. Right, exactly, because she has this whole like illusion that she is like this older person. Like, like she doesn't want people to know how young she is. At yes. All. Yes. And um she says that would be sad for them. Yeah, would you be depressing that a 16-year-old is kicking your ass? Um, Selena is lounging on Rolf's desk, and he Sam is like, get off the desk. Like Sam is very embarrassed. Rolf comes in. Selena and Sam believe that they are there because 
there was some assassins murdered and they believe that they were pirates. And so she believes that this letter she is holding from Arabin is basically like, you killed my people. This is the bargain or agreement. What it actually is, is it's a trade, a slave trade agreement. So Arabin is buying slaves. Selena doesn't know Arabin sucks. Arabin sucks. Selena's really upset about it. Sam is like also upset, but he kind of, he's more diplomatic in this moment. And um, they peace out. So the majority of the Assassin's Blade story is try to get these slaves out. And there's also clearly some tension between Sam and Selena because for the most part, Selena's pretty much ignored Sam her life. Like they've well, just grown they've up been, together. They've been rivals too. They've been rivals. Yeah. And this is kind of the first time that there's a little bit of flirty flirtation going on between the two of them. So that is what's going on there. And then... Also, like, the funny thing, too, is in a lot of these chapters, in these first five chapters or first ten or whatever, yeah, ten chapters of Pirate Lord, there's lots of, like, amazing banter between Rolf and Selena. Like, they just, they do a really good job of bantering back and forth, and um, Rolf is a little flirtatious with Selena because he thinks she's an older woman. Well, Rolf is also an incorrigible flirt. Yes, Yes. Like he that man cannot say a sentence without it sounding flirty. Yes. And there is a discussion about the map on his hand. Mm-hmm. So Rolf has this map that moves, but it hasn't moved in eight years, which is when magic was removed from the kingdom or the continent. Um, the king sucks. Yeah. So the map hasn't moved in eight years. He does say that he gave up quite a bit for the map, but we don't find out what that is. Then there is more information about Skulls Bay. Um, Rolf has this really incredible line, which I want to read because it's going to come back to haunt you. One day, Rolf says, someone's really going to make you pay for that arrogance. I just hope I'm there to see it. So just want to read that really quick. Then there is more in Sam's perspective. Then when we get to chapter five of Skulls Bay, this is really where we learn a lot about the slaves and who, you know, these people that Mm -hmm. Rolf is keeping Important thing to note in this chapter is Sam is really upset when he hears what they do with the children and all this because they they end up going to the courtesans. And his mother was purchased at eight and then died at 28, which is why Sam now lives with Arabin. So just want to point that out. Um, Finally, Sam confronts Selena because he's like, she's being all suspicious and he's like, I've grown up with you. You're being a little too suspicious. And Selena's like, fine, I want to free the slaves. And first, Sam is like, this is the stupidest thing you've ever thought of, but I'm in. So mm-hmm. they basically spend the latter half of this story freeing the slaves. And the way this goes down is it's something like this. So first thing, Selena asks a lot of questions to Ralph about how are these slaves being captured essentially how are they being contained how are they being transported so she can know how to free them then she finds a slave on one of the ships that speaks the common tongue and she uses that as leverage the next night to explain to that to them what's going on so their name is dia and she's like hey dia you know my colleague is on the other boat we're gonna free you we'll take care of the chains blah 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 The second part of this plan is they're in the tavern on Skulls Bay and Selena and Sam pretend to be drunk and start a brawl in the tavern with like a huge bill and everything. And Rolf figures it out. And Selena's way to make sure that the slaves still get free is she uncovers her face. Rolf freaks out because he's like, you're 16. Like, oh my God. Sam and Selena free the slaves. 
And then later Rolf has a conversation with Selena, which is in chapter 10. So he says, do you know how much your, this whole thing costs me? She's like 200, he says 200 slaves plus two ships, seven ships you disabled in the harbor plus countless lives. And she goes, but don't forget the ale from last night. So it's a pretty big tab that she's basically cost him. And then the last thing she says is, here are two letters. One of these is a letter to my master saying the deal is over and you won't be sending him slaves. The second is that you will no longer be in the slave trade. So it says, it says that you, Captain Rolf, bearer of the magical map inked on your hands, will never ever sell a slave again. And if you catch any pirates selling or transporting or trading slaves, you will hang and burn them or drown them yourselves. And that Skulls Bay is forevermore a safe haven for slaves fleeing Otterland's clutches. And he says he's not going to sign it. And she's like, yeah, you are. And he's like, you're 16. Are you ever going to come back here? And she's like, you want to bet? I'm 16. Like I could, I got all kinds of time. (laughs) Yeah. I could do this at 16. Just imagine what I could do in a few years, more like two years. But anyways, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, my guy, my guy. Okay. So, and then the last moment is, so, so Rolf agrees. He basically is like, fine, I'll agree to this. And then the last moment is Selena and Sam hugging. So there you go. I did pretty good. I did that pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. I I only had my little thing ready. Yeah, yeah, but we you were you were already rapping. So yeah, can like, you right, can I'm you good. see? Like Look I, at I this. we're doing right. it. Okay, we can't keep doing this though. She's gonna have to cut this whole part out. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right, healer. Okay, healer. I, I he the, the most important thing to know about the healer story is two things. One, Irene Towers, right? Irene Towers. Selena is there because she's on her way to the desert, the, the red desert. Yeah, yeah. So she's just there for a pit stop. The other very most important thing to note about the healer is that it's Avery's favorite. It's Avery's favorite. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Look, okay. Here's the thing. Sarah J. Mass is a mastermind. Like she's just yeah. so incredibly smart. It's, it's honestly a little appalling how yeah. smart she is. But the thing about it is she has this gift for taking a character that is hardly introduced. That seems yeah. like a one-off character that you'll never, ever see again giving them a lot of backstory that you're like, why do I need to know this? Right. And then having the best payoff where they become like this super important character. What? Just saying. (laughs) Like, you guys can fight me on this. I mean, this is what I will say. Out of all the stories in the Assassin's Blade, the healer is the shortest. It's only six chapters. And it is probably the most important story. Absolutely. So it's, just throwing that it's out there. One of the most important stories. I think Desert probably has like more as far as like content. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously Pirate has like one of the best payoffs. But yeah, the significance of the character of Arene Towers is like you don't have the assassin and the healer. Well, first of all, you don't have the assassin and the pirate. You don't have her being punished going to the desert. Yeah. So then you don't get the assassin and the healer. And if you don't get the assassin and the healer, then Irene Towers is stuck at the White Pig Inn for the mm-hmm. rest of eternity. And Tower of Dawn and Kingdom of Ash don't happen. They yep. just don't. Yep. They just don't. That's yeah. how significant of a character she is. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to speed through her story because we will talk about her for series. Yeah. We'll, we'll, get, about- we'll get in like big yeah. spoilers later. So this is the most important thing about chapter one is you're actually seeing the beginning from Irene's point of view and then it switches to Selena's. Mm-hmm. So they're both, it's kind of a dual point of view. They're really keeping an eye on each other. 
Irene is like, what is this young girl doing in this tavern? Like it's this inn, like it's just, it's a hot mess essentially. Selena's like watching Irene and is like, huh, she's pretty like perceptive. Like she's avoiding advances and like doing all these things. Like Avery said, you do find out that she's been there for a year and that she's stuck there. She can't leave. But her goal is to go to the Torre Chesme, which is in Antica on the Southern continent. So Mm -hmm. just throwing that out there. Okay. Then, because she wants to be a healer. That's why she, she wants, wants to go study at the Tory Church. Yes. The other thing, too, is um, Selena's face is extremely bruised. This yeah. is one thing I forgot to say. So we didn't talk about this <laughs> in the very beginning. So Avery read Throne of Glass in the reading order I recommend, which she read it after yeah. Crown of Midnight. Mm-hmm. I did not read Assassin's Blade. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I read the series. And I just want to I just want to say for all the misguided people who didn't read Assassin's Blade, you will, because if you're anything like me, because of the way Selena talks about Arabin, you think Arabin is attractive. And you well, that's undisputed. The man is attractive. Yeah. But you think he's more attractive than you real. He's kind of like, the best way I can paint it is like, Arabin is like the villain you love to hate because he's so hot that you're like, God, you're so, but you are so bad. Like, it's a very conflicted thing with him. Then you read Assassin's Blade and you find (laughs) out what he did to Aelin. Yeah. I don't care how hot he is. I want him burned at the stake. Right. It's a very similar relationship vibe. Yeah. uh, Between Aelin and Arabin. Yeah. And Sansa and Littlefinger in the Game of Thrones TV show. Yes. Let's be very specific. It's the TV show. I have not read enough of the books to tell you if it's a similar vibe. But if you watch Game of Thrones, the relationship dynamic Mm -hmm. between Sansa and Littlefinger is paralleled between Arabin and Aelin Selena. Yes. But it is also somewhat less creepy with Arabin, I guess. It's like the best. Yeah. Like the Littlefinger one is creepier. Oh, 100%. I think 100% because creepier. I think because Arabin toes the line of does he want to be a mentor to Selena right. or does he want to be it isn't until she's older that he's like, we could be lovers. And Selena's right. like, what the hell? Like, Ew. Right. Yeah. No. And like with Littlefinger, it was he was in love with Sansa's mother. Yes. And now he wants her daughter. And yeah, like, that's just weird. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. And also Tangent. at that and also at that point in the story when Arabin is like, hmm, we could be lovers. Rowan's involved. And Rowan's like, no. <laughs> like, sure. Let me just. Yeah. Uh, my skin was a little dry, my guy. Yeah, my skin. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Sorry. All right. I got okay, it. Sorry. Sorry. So the reason I brought this up is because her face is all bruised. And this is for yes. me the moment when I was like, oh, Arabin really sucks. So anyways. <laughs> yes, also, a little bit. Um, Selena is sitting at the table and she has a ruby brooch that they describe as like begging for trouble because these people will attack her. Mm-hmm. What they don't realize is that's what she wants. Like she's she's at the point you'll and this is really important to kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, pay attention to an air of fire as well is when Selena is down, she wants to get beaten up. Like, she doesn't want to be left alone. She doesn't want you to coddle her. She wants to get into a fight because that is how she deals with her emotions. So Mm -hmm. just throwing that out there. Okay. Chapter two, we discover more about Irene and her healing. We discover, we get a lot of backstory about her mother, which is also described in later books. So I won't get into that. Right. We find out that she, basically what we just said about Antica, that she arrived at this white pig inn. She's stuck here. 
Her finances are just essentially going here. She's convinced that she doesn't have enough money to pay for her tuition at the Torre Chesme. So that's why she's never left. Because at least here, she has a roof over her head and she doesn't want to arrive at the Southern continent and be homeless. So that's where she's at. Chapter three is where Irene notices she's in the alley and some mercenaries are coming to attack. Selena comes, disarms slash kills some of these guys. Irene first, her first instinct is, oh my gosh, this girl's going to kill me. And Selena's right. like, what's the point in that? I just saved you, you know? Right. So like, come on. Irene's immediate response from that is you're bleeding. Let me heal you. And Selena's like, no, but then she kind of eventually agrees. Mm. The other thing to note is Irene is a little older than Selena by a few yeah. years, um, which is kind of, I, I, I like that. It's an interesting dynamic between the two of them because mm-hmm. There are instances where Irene is very motherly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we, in chapter four, she assesses all of her injuries. They have a bit of an introduction. Irene tells her her name. She's like, my name is Irene Towers. What's yours? Selena never says her name. Right. Never says her name. Selena is uh, very protective over her identity. Yeah. And she also thinks I'm here for one night. This girl doesn't need to know my name. I'm going to peace out, you know? Right. So, um, but what's really interesting is Selena's in such a negative headspace that she's a bit bitter and a little brash with Irene. So when she's she's brash all the time, she's brash all the time, but she's even more aggressive, I think, because she's in such a negative headspace. And so there's lots of conversation around, like, let me give you some advice from one working girl to another, like, just go where you want to go. Like, why are you stuck here? Like, that's essentially what Selena continuously tells Irene. And Irene's like, yeah, I mean, that sounds like a great idea, but like... (laughs) money you know yeah (laughs) I don't have any money like what do you want exactly so what ends up happening so then Selena asks her if you manage to go to the Tory what would you do after and Irene says I would return to the continent because we need healers here and Selena's like well why wouldn't Selena's like kind of posing the question of like this continent has been so horrible to you like it's killed your mother you've been stuck here like why would you return and Irene's like because we need healers here and I feel like I want to come home so that then drives Selena to take her outside to train and I put a lot of the quotes in the notes because I felt like they were great for women to just like learn some first self-defense a little bit yeah self-defense is a good thing so selena teaches irene a lot of self-defense tactics and then says to her whoever is willing to listen like teach it to them as well that was her only like request that was her only request to her yeah and then chapter five is i called it the first test because that is when the mercenaries return irene gets attacked selena is there watching and also like there's a knife to her throat and irene does disarm and she wins and then selena kind of takes care of the guys in the end irene is a little frustrated she's like this was a test like this was a real life incident and selena was like don't worry you were fine the whole time like it's fine yeah but before irene can really thank her selena's gone right she's gone because the world needs more healing so that is chapter six. So Irene goes to Aylin's, Selena's room, and she cleans it and finds this note that says, for wherever you need to go and then some, the world needs more healers. And I know <laughs> we both get so emotional <laughs> about this. I so, literally have like pouty face. <laughs> I, yeah, same. So, and, and Selena has left the ruby brooch and she's left a bag of coins. Mm-hmm. And Irene takes this opportunity to, 
basically she takes everything and she walks out of the white pig inn and goes to Antica and never looks back. And that yeah. is where the story ends. But some really quick things I want to point out. There was a magical tug that Selena, because the chapter ends in Selena's point of view and she's on the boat and she's describing why she did this. And she said that there was this ins- insistent magical tug pulling her towards helping this healer. That is she did it. That is something that happens a lot with Aelin too, yeah. is is that she has this inherent almost like sixth sense. Yeah. That's like this person should be involved in my life. And yes. Therefore, I'm going to do what I can to help them now or yes. save them now. You know, yes. it happens again uh, in Queen of Shadows, and it's one of my favorite moments. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that is the healer story. We'll probably talk more about it in the spoiler section, but that's yeah quickly wrapped up. The Assassin in the Desert, this is a longer one, but I'm going to really zoom by this because we'll yeah. talk about this more in the spoiler yeah, section. Yeah, we'll get into the nitty gritty on this one. So the basic gist of this story is you meet, and I'm just going to basically describe the story by the characters you meet. So number one, you meet the Mute Master. Yes. And you meet his son. Ilias. Ilias, thank you. And Ilias has the hots for Selena. Selena and Ilias is hot. Ilias is very hot. Okay. <laughs> like I think he's he is older than Selena, and maybe that's why she didn't appreciate it as much. But I'm like, girl, Ooh, I would I would have <laughs> taken up Ilias anytime, any day. Lord. Yeah, he's Lord. hot. <laughs> bet, bet, you know, fat bet. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So the mute master, she is sent there because Arabin wants her to train with him for a month. What Selena doesn't know is that you can't just train with him. He has to kind of like allow you to exactly when she arrives she is paired with a roommate named ansel ansel of briarcliff ansel is kind of becomes selena's first real friend yeah she and, does she puts a lot of trust into ansel which is not something she gives lightly yeah and then the only other thing i want to say about ansel and this is just a little gripe so i love the audiobooks love them dearly oh. however <laughs> why why does Ansel have a southern accent? I don't know. I hate it. I, I just want to. I just want to know because it out there. you always say that if Ansel has one, so does Manon, and that's just not a thing. It's like, not a thing. As a person who lives in the South, my answer to that is no. That's my thing. It's like Manon should never have a southern accent. So <laughs> Ansel should never have a southern accent. No. If anyone should have a southern accent, it would be <laughs> literally no, no one yeah it would, be, I, it would be so out of place in this story it's like, even it's even weird in um in crescent city Who right was, it like, was it declan or tristan or i think it's tristan it's one of oh, the frat it's, tristan. it's tristan because i will never forget the line in house of earth and blood when the it's the same narrator by the way and they go cloak and deck shit nice and i'm like no nice! i hate <laughs> it i hate it so look yes. i get he's a lord I get he's supposed to be some kind of gentleman. No. Oh, God, no, I hate it. No. I just, As a person who is constantly surrounded by this accent, no. Yeah, I hate it. I just, no. So just somehow throwing that out I, there. Somehow I got out of the Southern accent. I don't know how I got I have it. a little bit of one. Yeah. I Sometimes. I have one when I'm, when I'm drunk. <laughs> or when you really get into your books, because I've heard it come out when you describe certain moments in books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Legend of the Huntress brought that out of me. <laughs> It was real thick then. I was like, girl, are you okay? <laughs> Not well. 
yeah to for anyone who's not understanding what we're saying it's the spicy times Avery, yeah Avery that I get accent really, I get really southern really fast if yeah 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 okay yeah. anyways okay. so Moving so we on. just so we described the mute master we described Elias Ansel then we go to the market in Zandria and we meet the spider silk dealer yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he comes back, y'all. Okay. What's really funny about this is I just need to I just need to yeah. rewind time for a hot second. Go for it. So last year when I did Throne of Glass for our book club, mm-hmm. I had not read. Keep in mind, I I had not read Tower of Dawn, and at this point, and we were like two months into the book club. I purposefully was holding off reading Tower of Dawn Mm -hmm. because it was the last piece of Throne of Glass I had not read. So I just was like savoring it at this point because I didn't want to read it. We were doing the live for Assassin's Blade. (laughs) Someone asked me in the non-spoiler section, does the spider silk dealer merchant come back? And I said, no. I straight up said no. I was like, nah, no. We get to the spoiler section and everyone was like, you're a damn idiot, Sarah. And I was like, what do you mean? So then I, they were like, we're not going to tell you to pick up Tower of Dawn, go to Kingdom of Ash. And I was like, okay. So I go to a certain passage in Kingdom of Ash. It hit me like a (laughs) bolt of lightning. I was like, and I think we still have the recording. I was shocked. Like genuinely (laughs) live. I was like, what like (laughs) yeah so that's that guy (laughs) i genuinely was like wait because that tells you how fast i read kingdom of ash like i zoomed through that book well yeah you did i mean did you read it in one sitting i read it in in two days okay and that i read it in one sitting like a psychopath yeah so like absolute crazy so anyways that is so the merchant's important um but uh, the import- yeah just a little bit a little important but just to jog your memory about the merchant so he is young but his appearance is old because he stole spider silk from the stygian spiders in rune mountains in rune mountains that's anyway, a double in there that's, that's a double in it's a double whatever avery let me <laughs> have my moment okay so <laughs> I just feel like I need to like I know them about differently. I know you know. I'm telling them. Okay, fine. All right. So Rune Mountains. And then he stole the spider silk and basically because magic has a price, by stealing the spider silk, he lost lives or lost some lives. And so that's why he looks right. old. So he's older, but he's like actually 30. Yeah, exactly. And he's on his way to the southern continent. And he This is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's on his way to the southern continent. There's and a lot of people going to the southern continent. There's a lot of people going to the southern continent. Okay. <laughs> so he goes, so he's in this market, and Selena's the only person that goes up to his stand and knows what this is. He mm-hmm. recognizes that she is from the other continent he's and also impressed that she recognized yeah he's very impressed and so basically as a way to be like here is a gift also as a reminder that magic has a price essentially and gives her a small square of spider silk yeah so and then she leaves the only other thing i want to talk about for the assassin and the desert before getting the spoiler section is what goes down with ansel so essentially ansel while she was staying in the desert with the silent assassins was kind of being the 
emissary between the silent assassins and this guy who is Lord Barrick. And Lord Barrick doesn't like the assassins. So she's kind of acting as the in-between, which is why they ended up in the desert. Oh, by the way, they also stole horses, Assyrian horses. Oh, Assyrian horses. horses. (laughs) Anyways, so... (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, go go read just just go read the description of the horses. <laughs> yeah. Go read the description. I literally I literally read it out loud to Avery and she was like, I don't have time for this. And I was like, I don't, neither I, do I. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so, and don't forget, don't forget we get the Arabin story in this too. We actually yeah. get the flashback. Screw yes. Arabin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. That's I, all this, I'm gonna say. I felt like it needed to be said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good call. Good call. Yeah. Anyways, so Going back to Ansel. So Ansel's yes. acting as the in-between. The mm-hmm. Lord Barrick and his men are attacking the silent assassins location and vice versa. And so what no one really knows and what we kind of discover as the story progresses is that Ansel has like one version of the story. But then as you get to know her, it's like, oh, wait, there's a totally different version of the story. Mm-hmm. So when you first meet Ansel, you just got, you learn that her father sent her here. Then you later find out that her father was dead. She says that she was attacked by Iron Teeth witches. You later find out that an Iron Teeth witch actually helped her get to the desert. So like there is, there's a, by the way, there's a lot about the witches in the desert yeah. story. Yeah, I would pay very specific attention to uh, chapter five. Yeah, chapter five of the desert. So anyways, at the very end, finally, Selena has training with this mute assassin, the master. And he basically, the way he trains her is by using animals. He like wants her to kind of feel very animalistic, which is actually a really cool way of doing training. Yeah, And he uses a snake, like an ass. Yes. And that's like, yeah, he uses, yeah. And anyways, so he, when the month is up, Selena is waiting for the letter from the mute assassin so she can return to Otterland, which, by the way, doesn't really want to return to Otterland. Oh. oh, and the other thing I want to point out is, and this is, I'm glad you brought it up, Avery. So when Selena gets attacked by Arabin, like when he beats her, mm-hmm. Selena's next day response was to buy an apartment. So yes. she has a secret apartment in Rifthold that no one knows about. Mm-hmm. We do because we read Crown of Midnight. Anyways, so then (laughs) yeah right so selena is is basically waiting for this letter and ansel and selena get into a bit of a fight but then it ends up being resolved it's fine to kind of like as a bestie you know we're friends she gives selena a drink of wine they cheers it's drugged selena never really learns how to deal with poison anyways so then she gets drugged. Selena wakes up in the desert with a note, also a note from Ansel being like, the mute master thought this would be best for you. Spoiler alert. It's because Ansel has secretly betrayed the entire assassin's fortress. And the reason is because she needs men to return back to the Western Waste. Lord Barrick promised her those men. The mute assassins weren't fast enough for her. So she went with Lord Barrick. It's a business decision, not a personal decision. Mm -hmm. And because of this, when Selena returns to the fortress, she discovers that a lot of the assassins are dead, including the one that Ansel loved. His name was Mikhail. And that's basically what happens. The mute master and his son are almost, they're dying. And Selena steps in and is it's a really cool standoff between Ansel and Selena. They have a, it's almost like, I can't believe you betrayed me as like a best friend type of a situation. Right. And then 
finally, Selena says to Ansel, you have 20 minutes to leave. And at the 21 minute mark, I'm going to fire an error arrow. And if you are not far enough, I will hit you and you yep. will die. Ansel runs. Selena saves the mute master and she makes sure that they're okay. The mute master and his son. Mm-hmm. And then at the 21 minute, she gives her an extra minute. The And it's beautiful the way Sarah writes it. It's like back and forth between Ansel's point of view and, and Selena's. Um, it hits her horse's tail. So Selena purposefully misses the shot and gives her an extra minute as a, you know, a, an homage to their friendship, essentially. Yeah. And Ansel recognizes. And it's very important. So yeah. that is the desert story in a non-spoiler. Okay. You did the other two because I, I said, no, thank you, bestie. No, thank you, bestie. Um, okay. So basically the assassin in the underworld starts with Lena's return to the assassin's key. So she basically bullies her way into the assassin's keep, bullies her way into Arabin's office. And Arabin just is like, he's super apologetic in a really awful kind of way. And I hate it. I know. It's so manipulative and gaslighty. Anyway, so basically he chooses to like shower her with gifts. And one of these gifts is a job. And it is to uh, essentially stop a slave trade between Lord from Melisande who's trying to get a road built that'll be that'll connect Melisand, Otterlin, and Fenharrow. So basically he offers that to her and she said she'll think about it. She also has all of the money from the mute master that will free her from her debts to Arabin so that she can be a free assassin. The other thing to note is that while she has been gone, she does not know Sam's fate because she was knocked unconscious during the fight with Arabin. And so she has been wrestling with her feelings for Sam, whether or not she actually likes him. And she comes back and he looks unharmed and he looks like he has been dealt no punishments by Arabin. And that really makes her angry. <laughs> it yeah. really makes her angry. So. Because the one thing I want to note is, and we didn't bring this up, but in the earlier chapters between the healer and the desert, Selena brings up Sam a lot. And she brings up her feelings for Sam. And so when she returns, she's like, oh, in a way, she's like very excited to see him because she's like kind of starting to realize she's got feelings for him. And he's like totally fine. And she's irritated immediately. Immediate, immediate irritation. Not only that, but then Lysandra, who is somebody she met very young, around like 10 years old, I believe, is basically fawning all over Sam. And she gets that territorial nonsense where she's mm-hmm. just like that's my man what are you doing touching him we, don't, we so don't touch she jumps to a lot of conclusions and whatever so she and sam kind of have it out and he's like i thought we were past this and she's like apparently not and moves on so then they all end up arabin lysandra sam and selena all end up going to see this uh play at the theater and selena's incredibly moved by the music blah 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 and Sam and Selena get a little flirty. It's great. Moving on, we skip ahead a couple of chapters to the Harvest Moon party. So Arabin, Sam, and Selena all go to the Harvest Moon party to get more Here information on Here their mark. Go. I know. <laughs> I know. It's my favorite. So she goes up to the mark and she like basically plays this like doting niece for... Technically, she's there in disguise as Arabin's niece, but she's talking about how her uncle ha- has all these connections and everything and basically tricks the Mark into giving her the information she needs so that they can stop this 
handoff that she needs to get these documents. Once she gets the information, she goes and gives that information to Sam. And then she decides she's going to have a great time. And so she gets drunk and starts dancing. And then, you know, a masked, sapphire-eyed man sidles up to her and starts dancing with her. Uh-huh. And she notices this other guy who's just like watching the raven haired, sapphire eyed man very intensely uh-huh. as she dances with him. And then they start dancing a little bit more. And Sam gets like in the middle of them and is like, no. Mm-hmm. And Dorian is like, sorry, man. Sorry, my guy. I didn't know she was spoken for. I'm going to peace out. Goodbye. And that's literally never recalled ever again yeah i was gonna say that like that's the weirdest thing about this is it is never brought up again it might there might be a very subtle thing in Fire about dorian and kale like sneaking out but it's never this event with right. with selena right which is weird. so irritating so then skip to chapter seven we have selena confronting philip at their mark's house and Basically, he decides he's going to drown her. And it's a callback to when she almost drowned in a river when she was nine. That's called back in this paragraph. So pay attention to that. But basically, she's in the sewers. She's trapped. She can't get out. Sam finds her and comes over and is yanking at the grate and screaming, please, and all of these things. And it makes your heart hurt like a lot. (laughs) And he gets her out and he saves her life. They talk about it. Then in chapter nine, he basically knows she's now back and safe and makes the decision to leave. He's like, I'm going to go. Like, there's nothing keeping me here. And in the most Anthony Bridgerton thing I've ever seen in my life, Selena starts freaking out. What do you mean you're going to leave me? What? No, 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 no. We just started becoming friends. No. And it's because she loves him. And she can't admit it. But he basically yells. He's like, I, you came back. I thought you'd fight him and you didn't fight him. And I can't stand it that you're just giving in to him. There's a lot of yelling. And then basically he says that there's nothing keeping me here because you would choose Arabin and I can't take it. Yeah. And she calls him a fool and kisses him square on the mouth and says, you stupid, dumb idiot, I would choose you. And it's her first kiss. And it's so cute. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other interesting thing is like for Sam at that point in the story, like no one really is. No one for Sam, like no one really is holding him. Like he's he's had feelings for her this entire time and mm-hmm. she's never acted on them. So like, yeah, he does need to peace out. Yeah. I mean, so he's- it, it's an honest conversation that they needed to have. Definitely. And he, you know, Sam, he thought he was going to take that to his grave. Like Mm -hmm. he never thought he would admit his feelings for her. Yeah. Never once. So anyways, so it's a little too early to talk about Sam's grave. (laughs) I hate you. We're almost there. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm literally, you're the worst. (laughs) I can't if I can't you. troll you once, what uh, is the point? <laughs> literally, why? Sorry. Okay, I'm gonna mute myself now. <laughs> Goodbye. 
So they they do the Dunnival the oh, I always say it wrong. It's like I keep calling him her Mark, but it's the Dunnival Dunnival whatever job. And, I said Donneville. Donneville. Cool. Yeah, whatever. Um, turns out that his ex wife has essentially set him up to be murdered, and it's not him that's trying to have this slave trade. It is her, and she's in cahoots with Arabin. And Arabin tricked Selena essentially into like enacting the slave trade instead of stopping it like she would have wanted to. Which makes him like just so awful. <laughs> so much more awful at this point. And she basically is like, okay, that was the final straw. I'm moving out. Like, I have a place to go. I want to work with you again in the future, but I'm done. Oh, I forgot to bring this up with the Mute Master, and this ties into what you just said. So when she left the desert, the Mute Master gave her the finances to become free of Arabin. And she was kind of waiting for the right moment to give him these finances. And this was, it was a little before this moment, but she does give it to him. And he's like, okay, well, I hope you still stick around. And she's like, yeah, sure, but you don't own me anymore. Yeah. And then what does he do with the finances? He goes and he uses them on Lysandra's bidding just because he knows it'll piss her off. He spends it all on Lysandra's bidding. Yeah. yeah. So then um, she exits his office and is like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm totally done. done. And she walks out and Lysandra's <laughs> there and Lysandra's a little goaty. Like, let's be honest. She's being like an insipid teenager who's just like, I want to annoy you because you annoy me. And uh, Selena is so done that she takes a dagger and throws it straight at Lysandra's head. <laughs> How many times do you think Selena does that now in the future just to piss off Lysandra? Just for fun? Yeah. Um, at least twice a day. Maybe. Or like maybe if it's not at her head, it's like at her skirts to like pin her to the wall. Yeah. And Lysandra's yeah, yeah, yeah. like, are you kidding? Again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, because at this point, Lysandra knows that she's a good shot and won't actually hit her. And, right. and like, I, I just have this, I have this feeling mm-hmm. that her and her significant other <laughs> night marks all out. Because uh, so, I can just imagine what? the two of them like standing against the wall and being like, Selena, that's dumb. And her just being like, Shoop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, really again? And especially him. <laughs> Him. oh yeah he's, he's like, like he's like i'm gonna throw it back and rowan's like bet you want to bet you want to bet you're gonna throw it back little cup what yeah a little cup Not again yeah yeah sit down and shut up sit down simba <laughs> okay i'm really sorry all right are we at okay. the final story yes finally yeah damn it okay okay go cry i'll, I'll be here so in a moment of pure heartbreak, the final story, The Assassin in the Empire, starts with a chapter called After, which is basically her just riding around in a prison wagon. And you know, you know what's about to happen. Like, you know, she's on her way to Indovier so, because that's where we start with Rona Glass. I just need so. to quickly say, because anyone who listens knows, or maybe you don't know, I don't cry. I've never cried when I read a book. However... The only time I ever cried actual sad tears, and for me, that's like one tear coming out of my eye, would be this story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not kidding. When I got to the end of it, 
I had to read the end of Kingdom of Ash because I needed to know it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> so just want to point that out. <laughs> so we moved through that chapter. It's very short. There's only a couple of quotes pulled for the notes, but the next chapter starts with 11 days earlier. So you know that this next story happens over the course of 11 days. Arabin brings Lysandra to the theater. Selena sitting up in the bot, like up in the rafters, kind of watching the show. Super bummed that she's not in the box with Arabin, but like also knowing that she and Sam are free is better to her than being in that box with him. Sam offers constantly to pay for half the apartment. She says no because she wants something that is just hers there. And then she comes home to a note and Sam is like, don't wait up. I'm I, I've gone out and she knows exactly where he is. And she takes her happy little butt down to the vaults and goes and stands and watches him participate in pit fights. And she knows he's being very strategic about it, but he finishes, he wins, he looks up, she sees him, she nods towards the door and he's like, okay, yeah, no, I got to go or I'm the missus is going to be very mad with me. They go home and they get into this huge argument where she basically is like, if we ever leave. And he's like, you keep saying if, but what else is there to decide? And then she, in her head, it's again, nothing, everything. So she wants to leave Rifthold with Sam, but he's talking about going to the Southern continent and not staying on the continent in Ilway or Aniel or any of these other places that she thought that they would go because that keeps her close to Terrison, which is her home. And she does not want to leave Terrison. Like that's like, she is as far away from her homeland as she really wants to be at this point. So that's just something to keep in mind. Then they talk about, she, you know, ogles over Sam because Sam is hot and they get another job. And the job is to kill Jane and Farin who are the undisputed crime lords of Otterlin and they are sadistic and horrible and not somebody you want to go after. And Sam says that he got this job, so they're doing it his way. And she says, we, you can have foreign. We work the case together, but you can have foreign. You can kill him. And then I get Jane. And we do it my way. So they come to a sort of agreement about that. Sam smells like lavender soap. I don't want to talk about it for too long. Yeah, um, I just want to quickly point for anyone who, again, no spoilers, but very interesting thing about the story is, number one, you really get to see Selena play house. Like mm-hmm. she, you know, she lives in this apartment. She's got her boyfriend. It's great. The other thing is she's still a spoiled little brat. And she doesn't let Sam use her expensive lavender soap. So she talks about hiding it. Yeah. yeah, So she purposefully hides it and gives him cheaper soap because she's like, he doesn't understand how important this soap is. Right. And she, she says she can rough it, but like, let's be honest. Uh... (laughs) Come on. Okay. I'm sorry. She's such a Taurus. It's annoying. <laughs> I know. Now you know why we're so much alike. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's this. I was going to say, if we don't bring up the soap, someone's going to yell at us about the damn soap. No, so this, we'll bring up the soap. There you go. Um, so there's the soap. He smells like lavender soap. She decides she's going to hide it. And then they talk about 
you know, they, they get a little hot and heavy and she says not tonight. And he says we have all the time in the world, which just hurts. It just hurts because you know where this is going. So then we move on to chapter three. They do a lot of planning around the Jane and Farron job. Chapter four, Selena comes home and Arabin is sitting on her couch, which just makes me want to die. Um, anyway, so he basically is like, don't leave me. Do you trust Sam? Like he's trying to break their trust. He's trying to get her to come back. He says things like, stay with me. Don't go. Like, it's really gross. It's really, really gross. And he's talking about how, like, he's so sorry. Like, he just doesn't know how to express his feelings. And she's like, no, I'm done. The only other little thing I want to bring up in this chapter is that Dorian has mentioned again how he is going to the Surian coast with the captain of the guard, which is Kale. So then Sam does some more talking. She admits that she's a coward. And this is the first time you get the, my name is Sam Cortland and I am not afraid. Well, so yeah. he says he, I get scared too. He murmured onto her skin. You want to hear something ridiculous whenever I'm scared out of my wits. I tell myself, my name is Sam Cortland and I will not be afraid. And I've been doing it for years. So she says, I like that. He says, I like you. And Selena let him kiss her until she'd again forgotten the dark burden that would always haunt her. So there's just another moment of foreshadowing into her true identity and the weight that she carries around at all times. Chapter five, they're doing a lot of following of foreign. He is actually the guy who runs the vaults that Sam has been fighting in, which is why Selena was adamant that he not go back. They have another conversation about moving and how she doesn't want to leave this continent. Then chapter six is the waiting game. So chapter six is where the story takes a turn. They have decided at the very end of chapter five, Sam says, I love you. And Selena's response is, I hate packing, which <laughs> is just sucks. It sucks a lot. So then they enact their plan. Sam goes out for Farin and she literally is just watching the clock in their apartment. Chapter seven, she's still pacing. She's still waiting. I made a really bad joke in this one. So I'm sorry for those of you who have the notes. The door to their apartment was left slightly ajar and Arabin was sitting on the couch and the only words out of his mouth were, I'm sorry. I just want to quickly say, I remember, because when you know Sam's dying and you're waiting for it to happen, I was it's like, awful. it's going to get brutal. And the fact that it was Arabin that says something to her, I was like, this wasn't what I was expecting. And this is so much worse. <laughs> so much worse. It's so much worse. They thought he was still living in the keep. They dropped his body off at the keep as a message is what we find out in the beginning of chapter eight. She just starts staring. She breaks a lot of things. She And then she just kind of stands there staring at the things that she's now ruined. And she said, it, it says there was no end to this silence. There would never be an end, only this beginning. She tells Arabin she wants to see the body. He says that she doesn't. She goes to see the body. She lays with the body. Very sad. He smells of his cheap soap. Oh, I hate I you. Throw that out there. Yeah. She stays in her old room at the Assassin's Keep. She 
slips into a deep depression. She cannot remember the color of Sam's eyes, whether or not they were a golden brown or a soil brown. Like that is something that she hyperfixates on. Then she decides she's going to go and kill Jane and Barn. Like she's done. It's her revenge to take. She creeps out of the house and Wesley tries to stop her. She knocks him out and she runs to Jane's house. She gets there. It's a trap. She is smoked out with Gloriella. It is why she recognizes it in Crown of Midnight. This is the same scent that was on Sam in addition to his cheap soap. It is what she smells now. And she has killed Jane and left Farin to take over Jane's place as the crime lord. She does not kill him. And they throw her into the dungeons at the glass castle. And so she's in the glass castle. She overhears the only one quote I want to pull from here is that she overhears the guards talking. Uh, the captain's going to be furious. He wasn't here for the trial. Serves him right for gallivanting with the prince along the Surian coast. I heard the captain's racing back to Rifthold, though. What's the point? Her trial's tomorrow. He won't even make it in time to see her executed. So, yeah. Then she gets her sentencing. She's in front of the king. She remembers the smoke of Harrison. In her brashness, looks at the king and says, he asks if she has final words. And she says, I do make it quick. And he said, oh, you, Selena Sardothian, are sentenced to nine lives worth of labor in the salt mines of Endovier. And then... You will be sent with orders to keep you alive for as long as possible so you will have the chance to enjoy Endovier's special kind of agony. I literally can't. And so... I can't. I know. I'm almost done. So she gets thrown into the prison wagon and then we switch to Arabin's point of view, Jesus. which is disgusting. Oh He's standing next to Rourke Farron on a rooftop and watches the prison wagon exit the city. Arabin has put Baron in the position to be the crime lord by having Selena take the fall for Jane's murder. Mm -hmm. And Baron asks him why Arabin did it. And he says, because I don't like sharing my belongings. And if that does not make you hate Arabin Hamill out of everything else that's happened in these books, I don't I don't know what will. If like, that doesn't make your skin crawl. He's the actual worst. And I also want to bring up really quick, for those of you that don't remember, in Crown of Midnight, Kale brings up the fact that Farron is dead. That he died a few months after she was taken. Most likely by Arabin. Probably, yeah. So, so finally, there's only two other chap chapters left. They and are the is, after and, and the beginning. Is, and this is where I cried. So in the after, she spies the Lord of the North. Oh, God. So the people of Harrison will always know I how to can't. find I can't. I'm literally going to cry again. This is why I didn't read it. I can't. <laughs> I've already read this three times. And I, mm. oh, my God. No, it's okay. We're almost done. So he was here and so was she, is what she points out about the stag. And she gets, she gets him to go away. And then the final approach is what's called beginning. And that is as she gets close to the salt mines of Endovier. I'm going to read one quote because I know it'll make Sarah cry. Actually, two. One is she'd never be ready for this for Endovier and the world without Sam. A breeze filled the wagon, lifting away the smells of the past two weeks. Her trembling paws 
for a heartbeat. She knew that breeze. She knew the chill bite beneath it. Knew it carried a hint of pine and snow. Knew the mountains from which it hailed. A northern breeze. A breeze of terrace. And she's yelling at me. I'm not <laughs> listening. I can't. I start to cry. I hate this so much. Okay. A northern breeze, a breeze of Terracin, she must stand up, pine and snow, and lazy golden summers, a city of light and music in the shadow of the Staghorn Mountains. And then the last thing that is said on this journey is, my name is Selena Sardothian, she whispered, and I will not be afraid. The wagon cleared the wall and stopped, and Selena raised her head. And that is where we end the assassin in the empire. I hate it so much. Like, I genuinely, <laughs> like the way I can't even begin to. T- this is the other thing. Like, what's so funny is the reading order that I recommend. Like, you don't, <laughs> you get to this and then you get asshole Rowan. He is yeah. such a. When I read this, I couldn't read that version of Rowan. I needed the happy version because. I needed to be comforted. <laughs> we needed Queen of Shadows, Rowan. No, I needed Kingdom of Ash, Rowan. I, I, I still love Queen of Shadows, Rowan. Oh, that, I, that man is, who is that, Rowan? No, I love the Queen of Shadows, Rowan, but I needed, and this isn't a huge spoiler for Kingdom of Ash, I needed, do you want me to find you chocolate cake, Rowan? That's what I needed. That's fair. I needed, after this, I needed, well, I read Asshole Rowan after this, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I know I'm supposed to like Rowan, but he sucks right now. What the hell? Yeah. Um, but I needed I Missed You Even an Ocean Apart, Rowan. That's what I needed. Oh, Empire of Storms. That's Empire of Storms. Is it? Well, I think he says it in Queen of Shadows, but it, that, okay. that, that quote is also Empire of Storms. That's fair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we got, we got through it. That's the spoiler. Yeah. So we'll quickly. So now we're going to talk serious spoilers. So I'm going to send everyone off. Go bye. Bye. You can bye. listen to this last section when you finish the whole, just Throne of Glass. We're not going to do Avatar Crescent City spoilers. Don't worry. No. no. So go. I just, we just need to be able to talk about Kingdom of Ash in detail. Kingdom of Ash and Tower of Dawn and a little bit of Empire of Storms. So okay. if you've read all of those, great. Yeah. If you've only read The Queen of Shadows, sorry, Bye. Yeah, bye. If you're if you're listening to this and you're about to go meet Rowan, it's okay. You don't have to like him in the beginning. It's really okay. We'll forgive you because your mind will change. Yeah, your mind will change. Oh, God. Mm. You're insufferable. Go like that pine candle, baby, okay? Bye! Spoilers! All right, let's go back to Pirate. Okay, all I'm going to say is favorite moment is the callback because this is the story in my opinion that did a really great job of showing 16 year old selena versus almost 20 year old selena ah. years later so that is why i love this story so much especially because when rolf later is like you know when he has that line about i hope i'm there to see you fall on your ass and she she says in empire of storms uh catch me one year after in Dovier and see what i'm like like it's it's such a great moment between the two of them. Yeah. And that dynamic is great. The map is super fascinating. There's lots of really interesting things that we still don't even know the answers to, but it right. is, mm, that story is just my favorite. Oh yeah. The introduction of the Mycenaeans. And then because he knows her as Selena Sardothian, it just makes it so much sweeter when he realizes she's alien. 
<laughs> oh, I know. Well, and I love, I love, so obviously we've talked about the callback, but one of my yeah. favorite, one of my favorite moments is literally her repeating the, the lounging on the desk. Yes. And Rowan standing there like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like the very best. much the same way <laughs> Sam was like, can I we mean, just calm down? Well, and really? like, I, I think the best part about the whole thing is that Selena's way of giving, because I, I never really realized it until it took me quite a few tries to realize he did give, she did give Rowan a heads up that she was on the island. Yeah. And when Rowan walks in and Dorian walks in, and then it's also when Fenris and Gabriel walk in, yep. everyone is like, what is going on? And Rowan is just sitting there like, that's my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> well, and he's seen her. He's seen her do Selena before. And yes. she's like, she's emulating a little bit of Selena, but it's more of like an alien Selena than yes. a Selena Selena. Yes. And um, then Dorian and- does an amazing job of being like, oh, that's Selena, not Aylin. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. And Fenris and Gabriel are just like, what? Yeah, is because Ralph at, Ralph at one point is like, oh, you want to work with me? You kill her. And Fenris is like, no. Not a shot, my guy. Yeah. That man right there is blood sworn to her. You couldn't pay yeah. me money. Yeah. So it's incredible. That is honestly one of the best. <laughs> it's one of the best moments. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Moving on to the healer. So, what's really fun the about Rain the healer? Towers. Westfall. I know. What is really fun about the healer story is when you get a new reader and they don't put two and two together that Irene is in the southern continent. Because like my favorite is when you have the conversation with someone and they're like, oh, now I understand why there's a kale book kills in the southern continent. And I'm like, do you remember who's in the southern continent? And they're like, "Uh, oh, my God, Irene Towers. And I'm like, yes. Like uh-huh. the aha moment with new readers That's is good. one of my favorite things when it comes it's to Irene. So good. And then oh, you spend and- the whole time waiting for her to show him uh-huh. the note. Yeah. Oh, and I, oh, right. In Kane of Ash. Like, yes. you, you, like you get the note thing and it's at the very end of Tower Dawn. He's like, oh, I've got somebody you want to meet, right? The, it's, it's such a full circle moment because. And then you spend the entirety of the beginning of Kingdom of Ash just going. When are they going to meet? Hey, Lynn's in a fucking coffin. How is, how is she going to get the note? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's what I love. Sorry for the curse word. It's a, it's fine. It was fu- Are you kidding me? When we get to Crescent City, it's going to be F-bombs every time. That's me when I read Crescent City. So the what's really interesting about the whole note is, so the note comes in and Kale never sees the note. And then when he sees the note, it's like, oh my God. Like he recognized, I think he says he recognized the handwriting immediately. He knew, he knew exactly who it was. And it's this beautiful moment where Irene realizes, oh my God, like it's Selena slash Aelin who, who gifted me this. And then when the note comes back to Aelin, like a few months later, Mm -hmm. it is therapeutic for Aelin because I think, and this is like a tour, I think this is a Taurus trait because you're so stubborn. You have a really, this isn't just a Taurus trait, but I think it definitely stems from being a Taurus. You struggle with accepting compliments. Oh yeah. And I think Irene giving her the note and being like, thank you for all you've done for my life. Aylin doesn't know how to accept that. And she's like, and so it's a really sweet moment when she's like, can I keep this? And Irene's like, it was yours all along. It, it, it gives that kindness back to Aylin that yeah. time when she needs it. I read really the best. 
it, she's she, the best. She's the best. And it that story is incredible. Also, the fact that, I mean, there's so many lead throughs in Tower of Dawn. The mm-hmm. fact that we see her train, the fact that, I mean, there's this hysterical moment in Tower of Dawn where like all the women are trying to help Kale off the horse. And that is tied to the fact that he's there for the self-defense lessons. Like it, oh my God, it's incredible. So yeah, it's so good. Okay, that's the healer. <laughs> desert has so many first off desert has some really great crossovery stuff so like yes. wink wink nudge nudge pay attention to that yeah 100 percent. but desert i mean when i tell people you really need to read king queen of shadows before you get to empire of storms it's because right. of the desert story because yeah. when you are on that beach with rowan and lorkin and adian and, and all Ilias. of a sudden, here comes Ilias, and he's like, I was sent here by Selena Sardothian. And then, An- well, Ansel was already there, but then Ansel's like with her whole fleet comes around the. I mean, it is like, oh my God. Yeah. That's a wild moment. It's wild. The follow through in which Sarah did that is yeah. genius. Incredible. It's just genius. It is. Like you read these stories and you're like, I don't really understand its importance. It kind of feels stupid. And then you get to this moment in Empire Storms when everything is like to shit. Yes. And here comes everyone from Assassin's Blade. I mean, yeah. oh my God, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I know the the desert. We want to talk about the merchant, but I want to talk about him it as close to um, Lysandra. Yeah, that I did. I mean, the only thing I would say about the merchant is his story in tower of dawn is really great like finding out he's there and then the way he follows through in tower of dawn and then discovering that when nezrin discovers it is like one of the best things so yeah Yeah. talking about lysandra so lysandra as everybody knows is like this annoyance to selena in assassin's blade and when we get to queen of shadows we understand that she's been put through the ringer since the last time yeah. in the in the last year that Selena was in Endovier. And it's not the same, obviously, but she has been essentially shackled to Arabin because she is his favorite. Mm-hmm. And she has taken on a ward. And the ward, her name is Evangeline. Mm-hmm. And it is because she was selected off of the street and she was going to be trained to be a courtesan. And Lysandra decided, absolutely not. I'm not going to let another child go through this like I went through this and so she disfigures her face with her nails but it's just like two like yeah really sharp cuts along her cheeks and Madame Clarice decides that Lysandra is going to pay restitution for all of the missed opportunities from Evangeline yeah as well as what she already owes Madame Clarice because Madame yeah. Clarice operates a lot like Arabin in that she will take care of her people but her people will then have to pay her back once they can start earning money. Yeah. Which is disgusting. Yeah. Lysandra, we find out in Queen of Shadows via Rowan, is a shapeshifter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And who else do we know is a shapeshifter? Yeah. The merchant. And it turns out that they are related. He is her uncle. And we we figure that all out later really really fun it's it's such a great like thread that didn't necessarily need to connect right but it connected in a beautiful way right exactly 
Because uh, you find out in Tower of Dawn why he's going to the Southern Continent and he's still trying to raise enough money to potentially save his young niece that he doesn't know. And yeah. it is all for Lysandra. And he doesn't realize that the young woman he gave the spider silk to is the one who frees her. Yeah. It, so, it's like it's just it's such a like full circle like it's so great yeah so that's i mean lysandra is my main baddie yeah. i love lysandra so we always sarah and i will sometimes on lives do like who's your favorite male character who's your favorite female character and then who's your yeah. favorite couple and they can't all be the same and my favorite female character from the throne of glass series is lysandra i love her dear one of the best moments about like uh, with Lysandra happens in Queen of Shadows when she's taken and she just doesn't expect anybody to care. Yeah. And I just I love that lady so much. And we totally will. And I think that the amazing thing too about Lysandra as a character in the Assassin's Blade is I've heard from a lot of people which I didn't really get this experience Mm -hmm. and is they really hate Lysandra and Mm Assassin. Like I've heard from people say that they hate Lysandra Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh bestie. Just yeah. wait till Queen of Shadows because she is such an amazing character that you can't hate. No. And I, I what I love about Lysandra additionally mm-hmm. is that her relationship with Aelin is is like a girlfriend's relationship, yeah. which yeah. Aelin doesn't have a lot of and, and really kind of lost with Ansel. Yeah. But Lysandra is also the one person who knows the pain of losing Sam. Yes. And can connect with her on that level because they both knew him. Yeah. And, and she found out the truth through her love, Wesley. Yes. About what happened to Sam and her retribution for Sam and for Wesley is just iconic. Well, and the and the amazing thing, too, is so we see in the Empire story that Wesley tried to stop Selena and Selena mm-hmm. just didn't trust him. Right. But Lysandra did. And Lysandra's essentially... I mean, you you really didn't know what was in Lysandra's mind at this during the Assassin's no. Blade story, but you get an idea in Queen of Shadows that her loyalties lied with Wesley, not with Arabin. And so yeah. in a way, her loyalties lied with Aelin because she was trying to protect her, but couldn't at that point in the story. Right. So I guess the only thing we can talk about when it comes to the Empire and the Underworld is Arabin, because those two stories are for the most part pretty wrapped up. There's nothing too crazy yeah. that leads through. It's, it's just Sam and then the couple of snippets we get of dorian and kale that don't really come back so yeah the oh the one thing i do want to bring up with that is there's an amazing which i don't know if you brought it up was the music that sam gifts her oh yeah no i didn't bring it up so in the empire story when selena's in the theater she cries when she hears the music and sam sneakily goes the next day and grabs the sheet music and gifts it to Aelin. So like, well, he bribes. He bribes. He bribes. He bribes. Um, and what's amazing is I have like multiple art of that sheet music because mm-hmm. I love the so story. Iconic. Yeah. And then what's really cool is that is the sheet music that Selena plays in Throne of Glass. And I believe it is the same thing she plays for Rowan in Queen of Shadows I in that theater. Right. Yeah. I think so that is a really fun follow through of the theater. The other thing too, and it's mentioned, I don't remember which story in Assassin's Blade, but Selena had dance lessons. Yeah. She was being trained as a dancer because it helped her as an assassin. It was in Underworld because she she was coming from a dance lesson when Arabin was sitting in her apartment. Yes. And that will follow through in Queen of Shadows as well. So that is another fun little tie. Additionally, let's just like, just for funsies, Rowan understands 
the significance of music in her life. And mm-hmm. at the very, very end, he promises to build her. Oh, that is. And a- <laughs> Let me tell you, we will get into that in Queen of Shadows because there is a line that is said by the dance instructor in Queen of Shadows. And every time I read it, it makes me cry because it thinks about Rowan's gift, mating gift to her in Kingdom of Ash. So like, oh, I will get into that. Oh. But um, so then the, I mean, the only thing is Arabin. And I think what's, Arabin is such an interest. This is what Sarah does so well. I love her villains because they are so yeah. complex. And there is so many layers. Like if you really think about Arabin as a character, he he himself does not view himself as a villain. He views himself as someone who is genuinely trying to get by in a world yeah. that was built against him. He and he's a survivor. Yes. And he, you know, found this young princess who is Blech. the heir of a kingdom who Blech. was just burned and he's training her to be an assassin and he views it as his ticket out. And I don't really know what his thought process. I mean, he eventually he always says he was going to get her out of Endovier, but I'm like, bro, were you really going to get her out of Endovier? No, he wasn't. Like, it just—he's literally the worst. He—he's awful. So that is that is a really tough pill to swallow, and it is. Yeah, I don't really know yeah. what else to say about Arabin other than he's really hot and he sucks. He's hot and he sucks. And then I want to bring up the soap again because there isn't, I mean, the moment in Queen of Shadows when Rowan comes in and gets the bath and Selena offers him the lavender soap is the <laughs> sweetest moment. And then on the top best part, of that, the best part is he's like, does it? Do I look like I care? What's yeah. Like he literally, and she's like, fine, lav. And she like, you know, washes his hair and, and everything. But the really sweet moment, and I obviously have reread it multiple times, is okay. when he gets out of the bath. And he doesn't have any clothes and he looks at Sam's clothes and he's like, you don't have to give those to me. And she's like, no, like they've been sitting here like they sh- you should. And they don't fit Rowan because it's a 17 year old oh. boy versus a fully grown fey male. Right. But <laughs> it is a very sweet moment of one of the things I really loved about or I I mean, it's, there's many things I love about Rowan. But one of the things I love is his respect of Sam and what yeah. he did for Selena. I think Sam was her first love. Kale showed her potentially true love. And then Rowan is her everlasting. Yeah, we love it. We love Everything it. that Rowan does in regards to Sam is exactly what should have happened. Yeah. And Bessie, guess what? Now we get to talk about Rowan. <laughs> I'm so excited. We got through the three. Now we get Rowan and Manon. Now we get asshole Rowan. I cannot wait to talk about my my babe Manon. Oh I cannot wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah. We're going to have fun. I and love... Adian. I love Adian. I do. I love Adian, but I probably love Adian more than you. <laughs> oh, you absolutely love. But Lysandra is my, my main hoe. And, yeah. You know, she. Like she forgave Adian a little too quickly for me. Like I was like, damn. Oh, we'll get they into can that. pay a little bit because that I, I know. I that know. Sucks. And he knows it sucked. And I, I know. I can I can reconcile that it, you know, all happened and it was like why it happened and the tension and like I, I get it. Right. But come on, my guy, you know exactly why that was like we, really bad. We'll talk about it when yeah. what is that? Kingdom of Ash and Storm? We'll talk about both. That um, was uh Kingdom of Ash. And at the well, I'm also thinking of the end of Empire of Storms when he calls her a bitch. 
Well, yeah, but I have less of a problem with that than the throwing her and throwing her in the the throwing her in the yeah 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 Yeah. oh yeah yeah I don't think there's a person alive that'll defend uh Adian about that Uh, you know which quick tangent and then I'll and then I'll wrap this up I am actually really mad we never saw the conversation between Aelin and Adian about that because I feel like Aelin and Rowan would lose it on Adian oh and I I and I fully. I fully believe in my heart and soul that that conversation did happen. Oh, 100%. And it wasn't as intense as maybe we all think, but I do think it was like, you treat her bad again and you will be pushed into the snow and good luck. Like, yeah, we don't like, treat women like that. No. So. But I think they also, they allowed Lysandra to like hold her own on that. Oh, yeah. Was like she, I, she absolutely did because she called his ass out. Oh, in yeah. That book. Oh, yeah. For sure. But I'm I'm certain it like came up on like a girl's night drunk or whatever. And then Aylin was like, I'm sorry, you said what now? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and but... then Lysandra's like, oh no, no, no. We've we've talked about it. It's fine. Like it's and Aylin's like, uh-uh. No, 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 no. no. He's about and to she... get a piece of my mind. And yeah, his his clothes are suddenly on fire. It's fine. Yeah. But we talked about Assassin's Blade. We did it. We did it. Yeah. So we have a bit of a break between air of fire. Yeah. So thank you again for listening. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Make sure you share it with your friends. Bye, friends. Bye.